Hello and welcome to Road Trip Criminals, episode 2, the show where we go through every state in the United States and talk about one crime from each of them. And today, we're talking about Alaska, largest state in the Union. Uh, and before we get into the scary stuff, uh, Jessica? Yes? You've got some facts for us? I do. Uh, so... As Matthew stated, uh, today we're talking about the largest state in the Union, uh, being Alaska. Which, interestingly enough, also does not have an official nickname, uh, like Alabama. Two in a row. So, yeah. The one that most people would recognize is the last frontier, right? Right. Because they're... I thought that was space. Well, that's the final frontier. This is the last frontier. Right, right, right. (laughs) Because, you know, they're big on the wilderness and survival and stuff there. Right. Like, I have mad respect for anyone who manages to survive in Alaska. Oh, yeah. um, although I would assume city life is, is a bit easier because you have a little bit more convenience there. Although everything is much more expensive. Oh, yeah. um, they also, uh, you know, Alaska is also known as the land of the midnight sun. Because mm. they have those times a year where sun is just there <laughs> all the time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there are some parts of Alaska that the sun doesn't set for like 84 days straight. So Jeez. that's exciting. It was also at one point made fun of and called uh, Stewart's Folly uh, because um, William Stewart was the one who proposed uh, the idea of buying Alaska. And... Mm. At the time, it wasn't believed to be been a good idea. Um, I don't know. Maybe some people still think it wasn't a good idea. But people made fun of Alaska and Stewart by calling Alaska Stewart's folly. Hmm. Um, but uh, and for the same reason, they also called it Stewart's uh, icebox. So, <laughs> yep. Um, and uh, but on a on a happier note or or more funny note, um, it's also called up over. Uh, to be the opposite of uh, Australia's Down Under. Oh. So, <laughs> oh, there's that. There's a little bit of huh. fun there at the end. Yeah. Um, Alaska's motto is North to the Future, which, I don't know, maybe they also think that their uh, nickname that everyone knows sounds a lot like Star Trek. Yeah, that's, so. uh, that's very to boldly go, you know? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness! So, um, as you can probably guess, their state mammal is the moose. Right. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Right, but they also have a state marine mammal, which is uh, the bowhead whale. Huh. So. Hmm. Right. Um, their state sport is dog mushing, obviously. Um, <laughs> also makes sense. Yeah. Right. Um, oh, and their, their, uh, state dog breed is the Alaskan Malamute. Right. So, (laughs) for their dog mushing, uh, there's the Malamute, which I love Malamutes. They're very cute. I love dogs in general. (laughs) Very big. Well, that's about all my fun facts. Uh, so now we should get into the not as fun facts. Yeah, um, tell me about crime. That we're covering today. Yes. Um... So this one takes place in Craig, Alaska, uh, okay. which is down down on the southern part in a little island. It's 
kind of like halfway down um oh I can't remember now oh shoot I should have definitely written this down um one of the providences in Canada hold on I think I did oh, okay. write it down. yeah is it like um, the little part edging on Canada is it like the islands yes it's it's one of those little islands that's like right on the edge of Canada gotcha it's, it's about halfway down the British Columbia province in Canada. I did uh, write it down. <laughs> it's pretty far down. It's pretty far down there. It's not, it's not mainland Alaska. Right. And Craig's known for their fishing. Um, Makes sense. Like the co- commercial fishing um, and, and the fish processing, obviously, for all the commercial fishing. Um, mm, right. And at some point, they realized... Oh, fishing has a season, and we can't maintain a town on a season. Right. Um, and so they officially also started uh, the timber and in- getting into the timber industry. Mm. So yeah. that's their yeah. yeah that's their three big things that they do. There is well, I guess two things is fish and timber. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> sounds like most of Alaska um, that right. Mains in yeah. Them. Yeah. Um. But the crime today is, uh, I guess, officially known as the Investor Murders, which has Investor. a surprising lack of uh, deaths of investors. So, oh, good uh, the the investor was uh, the name of a boat, of a fishing boat. Oh, so, yeah, okay. <laughs> there will be no investors actually dying here. Man, I thought we were going to be talking about like a white collar murder case, and Alaska no. was the last place I expected for that. Yeah, right. <laughs> No, um, it's actually the largest mass murder in Alaska. Oh, fun. So, because there were eight victims. Yikes. So, yep. Um, so, when I was looking, I was trying to figure out about how many people were in Craig at this time. And it's hard to tell because a lot of people only come in for the fishing season. So it's much right. busier during the fishing season where people come in out of town yeah, yeah. Um, for that sort of thing. So looking at census data is a little useless, I guess you could say, because yeah, it's like, yeah. oh, you know, there was, uh, you know, the, the official people there year round is like a thousand people, but there's a ton of people there for fishing season, which um, when this happened, it was about around the end of fishing season. There was like only a couple days left. Gotcha. So you'd have a lot of people coming in land as well during that time because they were bringing in their hauls as well. Yeah, right. Yep. Um, so I figure since there's so many victims, we should probably kind of go over them first okay. um, to get everyone in their heads before we get into the actual uh, crime. Sounds good. So the, I guess you could say that the, the Big one up front, right? Like, uh, the one that this wouldn't have gone down like this had if it wasn't for him, <laughs> I guess you could say. Okay. Is, uh, Mark, uh, Colthurst. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was 28, uh, when he died. It was actually his birthday. Oh, no. So, uh, <laughs> right. That's rough. Um, but he was the owner of the investor. Okay. Um, uh, and it was a... It was a 58-foot purse signer, which uh, a purse sign is it's a, it's a certain kind of net that they use to catch fish. Um, because, like, it goes down, and then when you pull it, it pulls close like a drawstring bag. Oh, 
Gotcha. So it helps prevent fish uh, from escaping by swimming down. Mm-hmm. So, and it's the preferred way to catch schools of fish that are closer to the surface, like salmon, like Alaska is known for. Right. Um, at the time, which this was in 82. I don't know if I mentioned that before. This no, was, was in 82. I was just about to ask that. Right. Yes. So <laughs> this happened in 82. Uh, um, in 82, how did a 28-year-old become the, the captain of a ship? Well, uh, he was very good at fishing, actually. He mm-hmm. was he had been fishing for a while, and he actually was apparently well-known for being really good at fishing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also kind of had a temper. But, That's like, funny. you don't really realize it. I'll mention it here uh, in a second. Um, oh, here. I have it right here. Mm-hmm. Um, so... He, he had been fishing since his early 20s, so he'd been doing it for several years at this point. Okay. But apparently in one week in 1979, Mark had caught $105,000 worth of fish. Jeez. So, yeah, that'll do it. That'll, that'll yeah, buy you fish, a boat. Fishing, <laughs> yeah, fishing is uh, uh, more expensive, I guess, than, than we realize. Although we should probably re- realize that with how expensive fish costs to buy at the store. That's true, yeah. Um. But uh, the investor boat itself uh, cost $850,000 at that time, uh, which okay. currently is around $2,300,000. Um, and he had purchased it in 1981, so the year before uh, the murders happened. So it didn't really get um, much of a return on investment with that guy, huh? Unfortunately, no. Um, but he was very proud of it, and he apparently gave tours to people if they were interested, because he apparently was just, he loved his boat so much. Right. <laughs> I don't know why he named it The Investor, though. I, I did not find that anywhere. So. It was an investment. <laughs> I I guess so. <laughs> um, but apparently, Mark, uh, uh, along with being a very good fisherman, he was also known for being uh, rather cocky and mm. hot-headed, so, okay. so his wife, uh, was Irene. Okay. She was also 28. Um, so I guess she was older than him by a little bit. I don't know how much, I don't know when her birthday was. Yeah. Um, but she was possibly pregnant. Um, I saw some sources say that she was and others not mention it, which if you're not pregnant, you tend not to mention that they're right. not pregnant. Yeah. It's, it's like the default. So <laughs> she was... Maybe pregnant at the time, and she was maybe not. <laughs> and she was on board whenever whatever happened happened? Yes, she is one of the victims. Dang. So, depending on if she was pregnant or not, you could potentially count nine victims right. if she was. Yeah. Um, but, um, actually, the... the day of the incident or whatever it actually it occurred overnight but i believe it was the the next day mm-hmm. she was intending to fly back home because they lived uh in washington in blaine washington okay um so she was intending to fly home with her two kids the next day mm-hmm. uh after the murders uh unfortunately stopped that from happening right um were the kids there too Yes, unfortunately, uh, her two kids, Kimberly and John, uh, Kimberly five and John four, mm-hmm. were two of the victims. 
Jesus. Of this, and it's, I don't understand how anyone can kill kids or harm kids. It's absolutely tragic, especially such small children. Yeah, Um, it's not good. Not a good look. Yeah, no, because Kimberly was about to start kindergarten Mm. uh, when she flew back to Washington. So, hadn't even started school yet, really. Um... Well, it's half the victims. What about the others? Yep. Uh, the other four were uh, crewmen, deckhands. Mm-hmm. So um, not a whole lot about them. Mike Stewart was 19. He was also Mark's cousin. Okay. Um, so that's probably how he got the job. Right. Um, there was also Dean Moon, 19. Uh, Jerome Keown, uh, 19. And Chris Heyman, which was 18. Um, wow, that's a uh, yes. They're that, all that's really a young, young group. Of, that's a yes. young group of sailors. Like the oldest person there's twenty eight. I yeah, I read somewhere, and I don't know how true it is because I only saw it one place. But that all the deckhands, um, you know, Mike, Dean, Jerome, and Chris, mm-hmm. all knew each other from high school, and that's how they ended up working together. Oh, very um, possible. It would make sense since they're all about the same age, right? So, yeah, I mean, get a go on a fishing trip for the summer, you know, get some extra money before college starts with the boys, you know, Uh, just go for however, I don't know how long fishing season is. (laughs) It's uh, usually around the summer, I believe. Oh, gotcha. I'm not sure when it opens officially, but. Mm -hmm. um, Yeah, make some money after high school, you know. Yeah. Yeah, especially so, if, because, um, yeah, because uh, Mike, who's the, the cousin of Mark, right? And right. he probably saw how much money that Mark had made to be able to buy this right. huge boat. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's probably like, just like, hey, call up some buddies, like, hey, you want to make some money over the summer? Yeah, right. Yeah. So, and they didn't. really unfortunate. <laughs> yes, <laughs> really unfortunate. Um. But now let's get into what happened that night where they all, unfortunately, uh, died. Mm, yeah. So totally. it starts on September 5th of 1982, which was a Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. That Monday is when Irene and the two kids were supposed to fly out back to Washington. Right. Um, so the investor docks in Craig, Alaska and unloads its haul of 77,000 pounds of pink salmon. A lot of fish. Okay. Um, So the haul was estimated to be worth around $33,000, which is currently about uh, $90,000. So, right. But the cannery that he gave his shipment to didn't pay per haul, but at the end of the season. So he didn't get Mm, paid um, at that point. Right. Yeah, I guess and that makes appar- sense. Right. Um, apparently, he also didn't keep much money on the ship either, mm-hmm. or, like, cash on him, apparently, and, and we'll talk about that a little bit more okay. later. All right. Um, but the Alaska Department of Fishing Game had temporarily closed the uh, salmon season, mm-hmm. but it was planning to be reopened the next day for the final salmon opening of the year so okay. it i'm not sure 
I couldn't find why they had temporarily closed it, but for some reason they had. So a lot of people were coming in that day since it was closed to, to give in their hauls. Right, right. Um, so after unloading their haul, the investor uh, went to the North Cove dock. Okay. Uh, and the way they docked, because there were a ton of people there, right? Not everyone's going to get a spot on the dock. Right. Um, they were actually tied to another signer called the Decade, yeah. and that signer was tied to another signer called the Defiant. Okay. So they are three ships out. Yeah, that happens. Um, yeah, the, the Defiant was the one that was actually tied to the dock. Gotcha. So it's a bunch of ships tied together. So to get to the dock... The people on the investor had to go across the decade and then the defiant and then could get onto the dock. Gotcha. Um, yeah. So after they docked, um, I refer to everyone by their last names here. Okay. So this is Dean Moon and Keown, Jeremy Keown. Okay. So Dean Moon and Jeremy Keown uh, left and allegedly, allegedly bought drugs from uh, a former crewmate of Mark's named John Peel. Okay. Um, I I don't know how true that is. Apparently, there was a lot of drugs going around at that time, especially in uh, the fishing community. Yeah, from what I've heard, I mean, I've heard of, of stories from people in in big like fishing towns and other uh like trade towns like Mm -hmm. that and i've heard that like during big seasons they have a lot of a lot of people who come in looking for work and they bring the drugs with them yeah so so yeah it's it's something like that apparently there was a a big drug issue there i'm not sure how prevalent it still is right um i haven't looked into it Mm -hmm. but Allegedly, those two went and bought some drugs off of, and I'm not sure what kind of drugs either, um, mm-hmm. off of John Peel. Okay. Um, so, Mike Stewart and Chris Heyman left the boat together, mm-hmm. but no one remembers seeing them out that night. Uh, none of the locals do. Okay. So, not sure what they did after they got off the boat. And were they, uh, these four guys, were they locals to Craig? No. No, the the four deckhands were all from Washington. Okay. Yes. So they were um, also from, okay. Yes. They do know that Keown and Stewart made phone calls to their families at a payphone uh, pay by a laundromat. Mm-hmm. Um, Keown called his brother and Stewart just called his home. Um, they don't know exactly who he talked to. He just called home. Okay. Um, but at that time, neither had indicated that anything could be wrong. Mm-hmm. So after they, you know, died, they talked to their families and they said they didn't indicate that they were suspicious of anything. So, okay. um, all four of the Colthers went to a restaurant, a waterfront restaurant, um, mm-hmm. called Ruth Ann's restaurant, okay. uh, as a celebration for Mark's birthday. Oh, so right. family get together. Yep. <laughs> um, but like I said earlier, Mark, didn't have any cash. Um, so apparently he wrote a hundred dollar check to a friend and his friend gave him a hundred dollars in cash so that they could go out and eat. Okay, so he sure. had no cash on him. Mm-hmm. So that's unlikely to be a motive, right? Right. Um, 
the the restaurant reported that there weren't any issues there either. Apparently, they just you know ate and had a good time. Um, but the Colthers left the restaurant around nine thirty p.m. Okay. Not a.m. p.m. Um, right. And remember how they have to go over two other boats to get back to the investor? Yep. Um, someone from the decade, which is the one that the investor was actually tied to, mm-hmm. um, remembers John, their little four-year-old, waving and saying hi to him. And uh, they said hi back as, on their way back to the investor. That's um, sweet. Yes. So they so did make it back to the ship. <laughs> they they did make it back to the ship. Okay. Um, and... The, the, the murders were believed to have taken place overnight. Mm-hmm. Um, however, they were, you know, tied to the other ships. So you're thinking, why didn't anyone on the other ships hear anything? Right. Because um, they, they were shot. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. you think, oh, they heard gunshots or something. <laughs> however, um, there was a huge storm going on that night. Mm-hmm. Um, and the crew of the decade were throwing a gigantic party to celebrate the ending of the season. Right. Yeah. So a lot of noise that night that and especially if, you know, the the boat next to you is partying, they're mm-hmm. drinking, they're probably not paying attention. Yeah, um, yeah. And if you're drunk, you might not realize, oh, that was a gunshot and not thunder, thunder yeah, or something yeah, like that. Right. right. Yeah. Um, so plus the party would also block some of the noise for the Defiant, which was at the other end. Yeah. Because um, the one partying was that boat in the middle, which is very unfortunate yeah. that all that happened to occur. <laughs> yeah, and no that one's. Is no pun intended. Just a big old coincidence. A perfect storm of just. Right. <laughs> yes. Um, so, September 6th, uh, which is the Monday, at 6 a.m., several fishermen see the investor drifting away from the dock. Um, mm. But not actively moving, just drifting away, right? Okay. Um, one of the crew members from the decade, which is the boat that they were tied to, mm-hmm. um, noticed that the investor had left their tie down lines on the decades deck, which apparently those can be pretty expensive. Yeah, so yeah. good guy on the decade was trying to flag down the investor and let him know, Hey, you left your ties, what a guy. you know, waving at the, the person in the wheelhouse. Cause he did see a, a, a man in the wheelhouse. Okay. Um, so he was trying to wave him down. And the man in the wheelhouse simply just waved back at him. Didn't mm-hmm. try to stop or anything. So I don't know if he just thought that he was waving or, or what, but, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. you know. Um, so the skipper for the decade also came out a little bit later, came on deck, and also says that they saw a man in the wheelhouse. So how, uh, how far away were they? Does it say? I'm not sure. It just said that they were drifting away from where they were docked. So they couldn't have been too far if the people on the decade were still trying to wave them down and give them their ties back and stuff like that. Right. Right. Um, At 7.30 a.m., a crew member of another signer boat, um, I don't have the name for this one, unfortunately, but they spot the investor anchored near Fish Egg Island, which is across the harbor from Craig. Okay. and it apparently has some fairly deep water in that area. Mm. All right. Um, and around that same time, someone else reports seeing the investor's skiff, which is just that 
little boat, you know? Yeah, right. Um, but it's tied to cold storage in Craig. So... Okay. On one end, you have uh, the investor anchored over near Fish Egg Island. However, the skiff is back in town in Craig near the cold storage. Hmm. So... Okay. Yep. Um, at about 10.30 a.m., a heavy fog comes in, and mm. it obscures the vision of everyone in Craig. Mm. Um, right. And since the uh, fish season had reopened that day, then uh, everyone was using radar to navigate, basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so no one could see the investor at that point, what it was doing, what was mm. going on around it, that sort of thing. Okay. Um, however, the, the captain of the, the decade, um, the, which was the boat that they were tied to, mm -hmm. thought that the investor had left because of their party and they thought he thought they were being rude. And so he wanted to, uh, apologize. So he tried to radio the investor, mm -hmm. but never Good received guy. a response. Yeah. Good guy. Um, it's, yeah. It's nice of him. It was nice of him. A little unfortunate that it <laughs> happened so late. Yeah, well, yeah, being neighborly. Yeah. Yes. Um, on September 7th, which is the Tuesday, uh, mm -hmm. the fog finally cleared out. It was foggy all day the day before, mm. so no one could see anything. Right. And everyone in Craig was still surprised to see uh, the investor anchored near Fish Egg Island. Because, mm. um, like I said... Um, Irene and the two kids were supposed to fly out like the day before mm, and right. obviously um, he, uh, Mark would take his boat down to Washington. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so it just sitting out near Fish Egg Island not doing anything um, was suspicious, right? A bit, yeah. Um, so sometime during that day a man is seen buying two and a half gallons of gas before getting to into the investor's skiff and heading back towards the investor. Hmm. Um, okay. Yep. At 4 p.m., the casino, which is another signer, um, saw smoke coming from the investor. Um, so they alert the authorities while they're on their way over to see if they can help put it out or rescue anyone from the ship in case there's anyone stuck on there, right? Right. Um, and on their way to the investor, they come across the investor's skiff and flag him down, um, or hail him, however you want to say it, mm -hmm. um, and have a chat with him, ask him if anyone is still on the investor, if anyone's harmed, stuff like that. Um, and the guy on the skiff says, yep, there's still people on there and he leaves. He's just gone. And so, um, <laughs> okay. So he heads back to Craig and apparently talks to at least three people there uh, before he just wanders off. We don't know what happened to him after <laughs> yeah, that. You'd He's think gone. someone would stop him. <laughs> nope. Nope. Jeez. Um, well, you know, you'd think that someone on the casino would be like, why did you leave the people on there right. if you're on the skiff, right? Yeah, just But ask. they're probably like, oh, we need to hurry and get... Yeah, to the investor uh, yeah, to get I mean, to people. Yeah, yeah, like the guys on the casino, like they, I give them a pass. Mm -hmm. But like the other people, you know, maybe just like, hey, what happened? Right, you would think, but <laughs> don't know. People are 
people are people. They don't think about these things until after the case, right? Right. Um, so when the, the casino reached the investor, uh, the flames were just so hot and it was just so bad that they couldn't get close to it to offer any sort of assistance. Mm. Um, the Alaska State Trooper Bob Anderson was uh, the next to arrive because they did, uh, like I said before, they did call the authorities on their way over. So fortunately, authorities got there quickly-ish, right. I suppose. Well, not quick um, enough to talk to Skiff Man. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, because, well, unfortunately, Craig didn't have a way to fight a fire on the water. Mm. So yeah. they were sort of like over there hold their hands out late being, oh, goodness, what are we going to do? So they had to call for more assistance from somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And two hours later, uh, a tugboat showed up carrying some water. (laughs) Right. So they started trying to deal with the flames then. Uh, The Coast Guard was also called for additional assistance because the tugboat didn't have enough power to put out the flames as they were at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, so Anderson, which was the police officer, uh, went back to Craig while they were trying to deal with the flames and the fire and everything. Cause he, he wasn't much use there at that point, right? He's a police officer, not a firefighter. Yeah. Um, but he returned to Craig and let his supervisor know that he thought that the fire spread too quickly. Uh, for it to be natural, and he thought it was arson. Mm-hmm. So his supervisor said that he would send an arson investigator to look. So we have a little bit of competency here. <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah. Um, at 7.30 p.m., the captain of the tugboat let the Coast Guard know that the fire was under control. Mm-hmm. Um, so Anderson returned to the investor from Craig again. Hmm. I would assume he's probably tired of going back and forth at this point, but, uh, you know. Yeah, how far is it? Uh, it just said across the harbor, so, right. so, and it was visible from Craig, so it okay. couldn't have been not not too far way out there. Yeah, right. not way out there. Within like ten miles. Right. So, let's see. Yes, Anderson returned to the investor, and it was burned to the gunnels and listing twenty degrees. So. Uh, the gunnel is the upper edge of the ship on the boat side. Right. Um, so. That's not good. But, um, so then Anderson and some volunteers boarded the investor and found the charred remains of four people in what had been the galley. Um, okay. So the remains required dental records to identify and it took a few days for that to go through because again this is 82 um but they were identified as mark irene and kimberly colhurst and mike stewart Mm. um so three of the uh, colthurst family and then mike the cousin of mark Mm. um all four of them had gunshot wounds that came from a 22 caliber weapon. Okay. Um, they, yeah, they had been shot multiple times, but it never stated exactly how many. It might have been different for each person, so. Right. 
Um, the coroner stated that the victims had died before the fire had started because there was no carbon dioxide in their lungs. Um, mm. However, yeah. blood alcohol tests suggested that the adults had been drunk. So, mm. right. yeah. makes sense. There had been some drinking going on. Yeah, yeah, they could have had a party of their own. Right, they could have been partying some, on their own because it was Mark's birthday, right? That's true. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, the four bodies that they found were removed, and mm. then unfortunately, the fire flared up again. It started up again. Oh. <laughs> um. So everyone had to get back off the ship. And the four bodies that got off Before. was the, the cousin, the wife, and the kids. And Mark. It was Mark, Irene, the daughter, and the cousin. Okay. And the cousin. Okay. Yes. Um, very unfortunately, the little boy's body was never uh, found or recovered. Mm. Um, we will get to that later, but, but it is really sad. Um, yeah. So while this all is going on on the investor in Craig, the police there had interviewed some of the witnesses that saw the man mm-hmm. in the skiff, right? Right. Um, so the description that they had gotten from everyone was that the guy was in his early 20s, probably around 20 to 21 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had light brown or blonde hair. He was about 150 to 160 pounds. He was wearing glasses and a baseball cap with a logo logo on it. He was about five foot ten, and he had a pockmarked complexion. Okay. So he had, you know, like probably acne scars or something, or real right. deep pores. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. So. They were. At least doing something, right? They were getting the. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's a pretty description, description of the guy. Yeah. Yeah. Cause even though no one had, had really stopped him, but right. they had something to go off of. Mm-hmm. So on September 8th, which was the Wednesday, two more officers arrive. Um, and since the investor is at this point still on fire, um, they called in a helicopter that had been used for fighting, fighting forest fires. Mm-hmm. Um, so it went and dumped water on the boat and that, put it out so yeah, the fire is finally the, dealt with one of those big like napalm dropper helicopters yeah <laughs> um the boat was towed back to craig uh and had to be towed back because it was in such bad shape right um, i don't think they're driving that <laughs> no uh it was listing pretty badly mm-hmm. like it was just nearly sideways right. um and this is really... This is when you start going, police, what were you thinking? Uh-oh. So while they were waiting for the arson investigator to show up, they left the investor unguarded. So people just wandered in and out of the ship, and so they think, okay. because of that, that, yeah, that it was left unguarded and people just came in and out as they pleased. Um, and there was also some rising tide... Any sort of evidence that was left is now gone. Right. If there was any because of the fire to start with. Yeah. So, that, that sort of thing frustrates me. What? Yeah. It's not, not good procedure. No. I don't, I don't understand why that would be. I mean, I guess it's because, like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> no, right? Because you'd think they'd be, there was... 
four bodies found on there already. Right. Um, and you think it's an arson, so you'd put it, at least one guard, I feel like, on it. You wouldn't just let anyone wander in there. Yeah. Um, okay. So the arson investigator eventually finally shows up <laughs> um, and starts his investigation, and he's able to find some more bone fragments. Because at that point, anything left would have been just torched, right? right. Yeah, um, it was burned for two straight days. Yes. Um, and apparently pretty hot as well. Yeah, of course. Uh, Keown's remains were identified, uh, but they couldn't really determine what uh, which of the remaining remains belonged to Moon and Heyman. So, right, but they did find their bodies. They just couldn't tell... Which one was which? They, they couldn't identify them, so, but it's believed that it was Moon and Heyman. Okay. Um, I saw one place. I I don't tend to trust just one source, right? It's difficult to do that. So I, right. so, but I will mention it. Um, one source mentioned that. They were eventually able to identify a tooth and jaw fragment from Moon and some burned remains from Heyman, mm -hmm. but I don't know if that's just someone saying something or if they actually managed to do it. Right. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, they were never able to find the remains of John, um, the little four-year-old boy, the son. Um, they believe that his body was completely consumed by the flames because he was so small. Um, right. And, and... Oh. Yeah, and children bones are more, like, hollow, so that would stay. Is that right? <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not a... Yeah, because they're, I don't like, look into bones less a whole developed, lot. and they got less right. bones. They got more bones. Yeah, they got more bones. Right. Uh, but they're smaller bones. They got tiny bones. Yeah, tiny, more brittle, yeah. But it was also believed that John had been sleeping in the area that was hit hardest by the flames. And so mm. that's also why they think that nothing of his was ever recovered. Right. Um, and that's why they, they believe that the other remains that they found that weren't or that didn't belong to, to Keown belonged to the other two deckhands. And even though at that time, um, you know, they had an ID'd, Moon and Heyman's remains and John's remains were just not there. Right. Um, investigators claimed or decided that all eight people had been killed, so they were all victims. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can only hope that John wasn't, like, taken and sent somewhere worse. I mean, given how many people... Or anything like that. Uh, given how many people saw the, uh, the skiff guy who... Safe to assume right. he at least set the fire. Uh, right. He he was always alone. Like they even saw him in the skiff, and he, no one was right. with him. However, remember that all that uh, somehow he got on there overnight. He could have left again overnight, carrying John to whoever horrible person he could have get, handed him off to. Yeah, um, but. So that's uh, it makes more sense. To I don't me think it that, happened that he just died. He, he he likely died since they did find the remains of the girl. I believe he did die right. as well. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, however, whenever you can't find a body, it's always there's always that little chance. Right. Uh, sure. Um, 
But I do, I do believe he, he died with his family. Yeah. So, um, since Boone and Heyman's remains hadn't been ID'd, they were kind of on the suspect list for a little bit, mm-hmm. but they weren't seen again after the incident, so right. they were presumed dead and part of the eight. Mm-hmm. Um, for a little bit, there was some supposed sightings of Moon in San Francisco after the fire, okay. but... That was never confirmed and not really believed. So, right. yeah. So it was it was likely a case of mistaken identity there. Yeah. Um, so the investigation was kind of incompetent. <laughs> incompetent. Yeah. Um, as shown by the allowing people to wander in and out of the, the boat yeah. um, as they pleased. For a bit there. Um, and also because it was incredibly difficult to find any evidence of who could have done this mm-hmm. as well. Um, they they had quite a bit of trouble with the investigation because, I mean, for the, yeah. that first part there, they other than the four bodies, it was hard for them to tell how many people had been killed um, mm-hmm. after the fire had consumed everyone else. So oh, there was also one investor... Uh, when he had been told that the investor's skiff was at the cold storage, he went and looked at it, had a little glance at it, um, but decided that the rain had washed away any fingerprints um, and didn't impound the skiff for a more thorough search. Okay. Um, he later said that he didn't realize the skiff belonged to the investor, <laughs> but uh, mm, I'm going to say he was potentially covering his own butt for missing out on that <laughs> right yeah that it sounds like uh an excuse right like, uh, like, uh, uh, I, I don't know <laughs> yeah right yeah so at this point basically all the police had were the eyewitness reports of a man in a skiff and mm-hmm. a man uh buying gasoline yeah right before the same fire guy. that they believe was the same guy but yeah. the descriptions were kind of vague at the time. Sure. Um, and, I mean, there was a, a bunch of men there at that time, right? Because of the fishing season ending and all that. So yeah, seeing yeah. a man in there is like finding a needle in a haystack, right? <laughs> yeah, and especially at the, uh, at the end of the season. Because yes. uh, there are so many people, like, coming back into port that... Right tracking down every single person who was in town would be uh, almost impossible. Yes, absolutely. So there were kind of two theories that were going that people were thinking at that time, which is um that the killer snuck on board before anyone returned and then killed them one by one as they returned to the boat. Mm-hmm. I don't know how likely that is considering where the bodies all were. Um yeah. Because and also the fact that the guy on the um, the decade, right, mm-hmm. said he saw the the son getting back on the boat. Right, with his family after right. they ate. Yes. So. So. Yeah, I I do. The idea of him getting on board while they were on gone and then hiding and waiting makes sense. Yes. You're but right. I don't think it was, as they came in, he no, shot them. Yeah. he took them out, yeah. Um, 
Especially because if that were true, then the four family members would have all been together. But it was three of them and the cousin. The cousin, yeah. Right. So at some point, they had to have separated, right? Mm -hmm. Um. So, you know, the other theory is that he got on board and, and killed them all at one time when everyone was there already. Yeah. Although that also causes some trouble, too, because there's... Eight of them. Well, we won't count the children. There's six, six of them. Adults, five. <laughs> yeah, six grown, adults. Probably very strong men. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. Maybe. Maybe he was waiting on the ship. Maybe mm-hmm. he got on board and was waiting for right. them, and then he heard them get back on and heard them yeah. all start drinking, and he's like, "Oh, cool." And so he right. kept waiting for them to be significantly inebriated and then popped yeah. them. And I don't I don't remember which two it said at the beginning went for drugs, possibly. Um, uh, oh, I don't either. <laughs> it was on. more. Let me go back real quick. Hold on. Uh, yeah. I don't remember the names fully. Yeah, give me a second. This one that had the last well, name, the start with C. Jeremy? Jerome? Jerome. Mm-hmm. Keon. And Keon, yeah. And then, and then Dean Moon. Guy. It was Dean Moon Dean and yeah. Jer- Jerome Keon uh, went and got... And those are the two they couldn't identify, right? No, they, they identified Keon. They couldn't identify... Yeah, okay. No Moon. Okay. But not Moon or Heyman. Uh, Heyman. Okay. So if, uh, so if we assume that they did get drugs, um, maybe... They got high that night. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So they got high. Maybe they were sharing what they got with Heyman. Mm -hmm. Um, So they were all out of commission. The uh, other three adults were drinking. Uh, Mike, Mark, and Irene were drinking. So they're Mm -hmm. not in their best. And the kids, one of them was was apparently probably napping. The other one might have also been napping just with the adults. Right. But they were all also four and five. Yes, and they were also four and five. So <laughs> right, and also we don't even with because we don't know what drugs they bought. But Correct. Or like, even if they bought them, but it, yeah, they did. Let's assume they did. Mm-hmm. And it was just like weed, which is the least right. offensive drug that you could get. You know. Right. Yeah. But. Even that can mess with your cognitive functions and your motor functions mm-hmm. and reflexes yep. and everything like that. So maybe, right. uh, where were uh, Keon and Moon's, uh, where are their bodies found? Um, they don't say because all they really found was bone fragments. Right. And so it was. it's kind of hard to tell what got moved while they were right. moving things as well. So. And maybe they were like on the deck. Smoking mm-hmm. up, having a good time, and they so it comes up, and it's like, oh, it's the mm-hmm. guy we bought drugs from. Come on, mm-hmm. join us. He's on yeah. boat, and then mm-hmm. executes all of them. Then goes down to the galley, kills the family, then pulls right. the crewman down I... uh, off the deck because so that he can't be seen. Right. And then leaves. I don't think they would have been on the deck because there was that storm going on. Right. Um, That's true. That is true. Yeah, yeah. However, and I'm going to spoil it a little bit here, um, the guy they end up arresting, mm-hmm. 
turns out to be the guy that did sell them the drugs earlier. Mm-kay. So, or allegedly set, uh, sold them the drugs earlier. Yeah. Um, and so. allegedly killed them. <laughs> and allegedly killed them. So. Yeah, and you, you mentioned this, mm. I think, before we started recording, but this is technically unsolved, right? Yes, it is a technically unsolved, because as, you, as I've kind of gone through this, you can see they don't have a whole lot of evidence here. So they yeah, did arrest someone, right. but they didn't have really anything on him. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll, we'll get into that just, yeah, just yeah. a second. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so basically at this point, what we know about what happened is Mark, Irene and Kimberly, uh, Kimberly and Mike were all found together in the galley mm-hmm. with multiple 22 caliber gunshot wounds. Um, Irene, I don't think I mentioned this, but Irene was still wearing the same clothes that she had worn to the restaurant. So she had not changed. Um, and neither of the other crews noticed anything wrong due to the storm and the party going on. Um, it is, I I don't know how long that party was going on for. I don't know when it started. So, because again, you have to cross over two boats to get to the investor. So whoever... Mm came on would have had to pass over those two boats. So it's interesting that no one on either of those ships saw anything. So if they had left their ships to go onto Mm -hmm. the dock um, and into town, then maybe he snuck on then. If he had gone through whenever the party was going on, then it'd be much harder to notice him because the people on Mm -hmm. the Defiant would think that he was going to the party, right. potentially. Uh, the people on the decade are partying, right. so they won't notice anything. Um, and then he's, his goal is the investor, so... Yeah. So, yeah. I, I had this thought whenever you first mentioned the party, but maybe mm-hmm. one of the people partying was the killer. Right. Yeah. Because, like, if you're partying <laughs> and someone in the party leaves for a few minutes comes back you're not going to mm-hmm. assume like oh they just went next door and right shot up the place well the thing is that it they do believe that the killer stayed overnight on the investor and he was the mm. one that was moving it away in the morning right yeah so and then he stayed on after that um like all that time it's <laughs> i don't like the thought of staying on a on a boat with eight corpses, right? Yeah, it's, it's very hinter Kaifak. <laughs> yes. Just, ugh. Pretty it's, gross. It's gross. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he... They think, because, you know, your idea could be true. Like, he, he was there partying with everyone, and then he went on the ship, killed everyone, went back and partied for a little bit, and then when things were kind of winding down there, he went back to the investor, and that's when he was moving them away towards the Fish Egg Island. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and you remember how I said that apparently around Fish Egg Island, there is some deeper water there? Yeah. Well, the murderer had opened the seacocks, which are valves on the hull that allow water Mm. in. Right, right. Um, it's usually used for things like cooling an engine or Mm. getting water into a saltwater sink. Right. Um, but he was trying to sink the ship. Uh... And he didn't realize this because the fog came in, but it did not sink. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
So plan B, let's set that baby on fire. <laughs> Burn it down. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, because, you know, he had to cover his tracks some way, and plan A failed, so plan B it is. Mm-hmm. So the investigator searched for over a year and couldn't find a lead. Mm-hmm. Um, Did they ever search the, the water with the deep water near the island? I never, I never saw anything saying they did. I never saw anything saying they didn't. Right. Um, Because, I mean, first of all, just (laughs) as you're going, I mean, uh, assuming you know the area well, Mm -hmm. uh, then going to that island and knowing it's deep water, just toss the bodies in. Right. And just tie them to a barrel and chuck them in. (laughs) There I mean, you go. That, yeah. That seems like so much I, extra work. And maybe that's what happened to the son. Right. Yeah. Maybe he tried it with one person and it was just like, God, this is such a hassle. And I got seven more bodies. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah. And it's like, oh, the sun's coming up and right. I, oh, I yeah. can see the island. Right. Yeah. I am visible to everyone in Craig. Completely. Um, but eventually, I don't know why they didn't do this up front, but a sketch was made. Uh, depicting the man on the skiff. A year later? And, yes. <laughs> Yikes. Right. So, it looks like uh, there might be one decently competent police officer being Anderson, who was <laughs> yeah. like, looked at it and was like, this is arson. And then, mm-hmm. I don't know what he was doing, he just went off, I guess, after that. Because <laughs> all the other police officers seem just a little, little not competent here. <laughs> Yeah. Letting people in, uh, not impounding the skiff, just not muddling things. Yeah, just not. Anyway, fun. so it doesn't surprise me that this happened. But after they right. released the sketch, uh, a bunch of fishermen came forward and said, this dude is John Peel, mm-hmm. who is the guy that sold right. them sold the, the drugs. drugs. Right. Yes. And... He used to work on Mark's boat, the one before the investor, called the Kit. Okay. Um, and he had also attended the christening of the investor and mm. had dated Mark's sister in the past. Oh. So. Oh. So. Peel was. He's. <laughs> known to the family. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, that could be how he got on board, you know? Yes, could be. Um, assuming he Like did we it. said. Right. Assuming he did it. Um. It wouldn't be strange for him to be on board, right? Because right. if it's like, oh, it's Mark's birthday. Oh, you know, let me come and celebrate with you. He could have been in there drinking with yeah. Mike and Mark and Irene. He could have, since he allegedly sold the drugs, he could have been um, been invited on by the guys and been like, oh, mm-hmm. hey, bro, how you been doing? Yeah. Um, that sort of thing. So there's several ways he could have easily gotten on yeah, and there's in also that the... regard. The classic saying of like that like 80% of all homicides or cases is committed by someone the person knows. Right, yeah. Or whatever that statistic is. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. Um, same with kidnappings. Same with kidnappings, uh, yeah. Yes, most of the uh, keep your friends close and your enemies closer, I suppose. <laughs> right. Yeah. Even if that's in your family. <laughs> yeah. Someone you know. Well, hey. Um, Audrey. <laughs> yeah, right? Can't trust your family. Yeah, God, yeah. she was a mess. She was. Anyway, 
check that out on our first episode. Hey. Yes. Anyway, yes. Um, so police arrested Peel in 1984. Um, at that point, he was working in Fairhaven. Um, and it was, again, two years after the murder took place. Right. So murder took place in 82. This is now 84. I mean, um, to arrest a suspect, that's not too bad. Two years. Right. But when you're basing everything off of witnesses where they're... Mm. Might yeah. not, you know, <laughs> things get a little foggy after time. That's true. Um, it gets a little bit worse because the trial wasn't until uh, 1986. So two years after that. So it's four years after four years. Yeah. everything. That's, you know, I mean, I guess I mean, it could not, be worse, but it's not Golden State. You know, it's not. That's <laughs> true. 30 years. Right. Right, but I think they also had more evidence with Golden State than some witness accounts. That's true. <laughs> and dead bodies. That's that's all they have is witness accounts and dead bodies. True, true. Well, four dead bodies but and some remains. In fairness, there are a lot of witness accounts. Yeah. <laughs> but also, yeah. four years on, like, hey, do you know this guy? That that can be... Yeah, yeah. 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 Um... So, in January 1986, that's when the trial began in Ketchikan, Ketchikan. which is uh, where, actually, uh, Officer Anderson came from the Ketchikan Police Department. Okay. So, yeah, it wasn't Craig, it was Ketchikan, Ketchikan. which I am hoping I'm saying that correctly. Uh, I, I, think, I think so. It, I'm not an expert, but right. that sounds yeah. right. Yeah. So, right. I'm sure someone will... Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, so the jury selection took over a month to complete because the prosecution and defense refused to agree on anything. <laughs> um, that continued into the trial. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was so bad that ended up dragging it, dragging the trial out over six months, which made it Alaska's longest running trial. Mm. And the judge had to admonish both sides for behaving that way <laughs> like they were like children i don't yeah God. that's not good it's not good so again the prosecution only had circumstantial evidence mm-hmm. that mostly consisted of witnesses um right. saying that the the guy in the skiff and the man buying gasoline were one person who happened to be john peel john peel right so that not great. Um, so, Peel wasn't a local either, right? Correct. Yeah, he he would have been from Washington. I believe also from Washington. Right, because they knew Yes, him. I believe he was also from Washington. Yeah. Yeah. There was, well, there's also a rumor that um, apparently the, the gas that the man bought wasn't mm-hmm. the same type used in the fire. Hmm. But I haven't been able to confirm that. I only saw it in one place, and it was very much a rumor. Yeah, it seems so, hard to confirm. Like, right? I'm not. I'm also not an expert on gas chemistry, right. but mm-hmm. and I'm sure there are ways to tell. But mm-hmm. now I would assume it's much easier than it was back in the oh, 80s. Oh, of course. But right. Yeah. It, right, and it could be like chemical makeup or something, but right. That seems like a stretch. Especially after it's all burned up, you know. Right. Especially and, over two days. Yeah, and I'm not sure how they knew what type of gas he bought. Like, right. I don't know if 
if I saw someone going up to a gas pump, I'm not looking over their shoulder to be like, oh, he bought, you know, the plus type of gasoline. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he got unleaded, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that sort of thing. So maybe, I mean, I wasn't alive in 82, but. No, uh, me neither. Because they didn't have, like, credit cards and stuff a lot back then. So, right. So he probably had to go in and be like, hey, I want 20 bucks of 100% unleaded. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Well, it might have also... Did did they have pump men back then still? Like, guys who would pump Uh, gas for you? I'm not sure. I don't know when that went out of style. I mean, I think it's still around some places, but... Yeah, there's actually a gas station up here near me uh that still does it apparently so there's a yeah i couldn't tell you i don't know when they fell off the wagon don't know so maybe from that if there was Mm. a a pump guy maybe from that um said which one it was assuming he remembered right yes um i'm surprised that they were suspicious of a guy getting gasoline but you know well, I think the suspicious part is when he got back into the investor's skiff. <laughs> right. Carrying some gasoline yeah, with him because it was him. two and a half gallons. Yeah. Right. Yeah, because they said they saw him get back on the the skiff. Mm-hmm. Like, especially right. the next day when they're like, oh, hey, this shit's on fire. Like, oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, at the time they might have been like, Oh, he's got some gas for the ship. Right. Maybe it's stuck over there, and that's why yeah. uh, it's still there or whatever. And now it's on fire, and it's like, oh. Yeah, then you get up the yeah. next morning and see two suns in the sky, and you're like, uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. So, back to the trial. Mm-hmm. Um, again, the prosecution's side was not super strong. Mm-hmm. Um However, the motive they went with was, um, Peel's motive was that Mark had fired him. Okay. So it was just a revenge from being right. fired, um, and that led him to kill eight people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> including two very small children. Including two small children, yes. Okay. Um. I don't know so, about that. <laughs> I don't know, yeah. It's, it's hard, but I saw someone commenting saying you know your boss that had fired you that's already kind of annoying but you see him being so successful he bought this huge new nice ship and it all just adds salt to the wound right and so sure and if it was just mark that had died i could see that as a very plausible motive right but but all eight people that that just seems like overkill even for someone who could be in a bad mental state and maybe. No, yeah. And if he was selling it's drugs, then to... he was probably doing them too. And, right. and the fact that we still don't know what kind of drugs he was doing, right. you know, it could have been something harder. Stronger. Yeah. You know, it could have been something like, like heroin, because that can... Meth. Yeah, or meth. Just something something really strong, because that can really Cocaine. affect your psyche. And make it yeah. seem like, oh, this is the only thing I can do. Because, <laughs> mm-hmm. boy... And it's, it's one of those things, too, where... Mm. If he if he was under any sort of influence, um, then it 
might have made sense to him that it's like, oh, I killed Mark. I have all these witnesses. I need to get right. rid of all the witnesses. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. And, and and there's a through line thinking that. So, mm-hmm. and that, and, and if he were uh, on some extremely hard substance, I could see that being the motive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, we don't know. Right. We don't know. So, um... So the the prosecution side is a little weak, little weak on their side. Right. Um, The defense was doing a little bit better. Uh, They pointed out inconsistencies in the testimony and placed doubt on them because of that four-year gap. Mm -hmm. Um, So the defense says that the killings were due to a drug deal gone wrong, but Mm. they never showed any evidence pointing to drugs. Right, um, and also a drug deal going wrong for me seems like a weaker motive, but yeah, it seems um, like they're grasping at straws. <laughs> right, I mean it seems like both sides are yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, they also the defense also tried to place the suspicion on Moon and Heyman since their remains weren't mm. identified. Right. Um, at least at that point, again, I'm not sure if it's true that they were ever identified or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, one source said so. I don't believe one source. So, right. and I mean, maybe they uh, were, and, and maybe they were, and maybe it was the three of them, and maybe it was Moon, yeah. Heyman, and Pete, and then Pete right. was like, this would be... "Hey, yeah," because <laughs> yeah. this would be very difficult. I feel like for someone to pull off alone, right? Yeah. Um, however, there were several. Uh, it's at least the four bodies that were found. Those adults were under the influence. Um. And, uh, well, the other hard part is it's, like, the other two never went back to their families or whatever. So it's, like, they had to be, like, okay, I can't ever return home after this. And it could have been they they see, like, the three of them conspire because they just got, what, $30,000 from this fishing trip that they just went on? Yeah, it was, like, 33000 yeah. Uh, yeah. And that was just one haul. Over I mean, the entire season. So. That's 11K each. <laughs> uh-huh. mm-hmm. And I mean, also, these are young guys, you know, like 11K right. is a lot of money. Like, I'm 22. And yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> so maybe uh, the three of them conspired to kill them thinking that Mark had gotten the money already. And then mm-hmm. when they found out that they didn't, then yeah then, it became then maybe an they turned in each other yeah. and Peel was the one that walked away yeah yeah i'm not sure i'm not sure how well known it would have been that uh he didn't get the money up front or per hall right yeah um, i think because that's, he that that's the question yeah because yeah, he didn't keep any money on the ship or on the boat right. so i don't know like i said i don't know how well known all that was right, and that's at that time. A conjecture, but it's plausible right, yes. if they didn't know. It is. Then maybe they yeah. could catch him before he deposits it or hides it or... Because he, right. he, he, he turned it in that day, like a few mm-hmm. hours before right. the murders. Right, yes. So it seems like, you know, motive op- and opportunity are there. Mm-hmm, yeah. And maybe... Uh, I mean, if you, if you follow that line that the, the other two were in on it, um, 
maybe he put just a ton of gas on those two, and that's why their remains could never be identified. Yeah. Because yeah. there was just it's a little of it, because he was like, oh, really got to cover my tracks here, right? Right. Yeah. That's... Or he was just pissed at them. <laughs> or, yeah, for yeah, turning just, on him. Yeah. yeah, and he was under the influence. He could have just poured some extra on them. Or yeah. he shot them more times or, or something. Right. You know? Something to be like, hmm, there's probably something more here, right? Right, yeah. Um, yeah, Yeah. because if the two guys you're seen with talking to the night of the murder are found with mm-hmm. the most amount of bullet holes in them, that doesn't right. look good. <laughs> no, but so it's a thought. Yeah, but we can't confirm anything. Right. Um. So the trials went on for six months and six days. Mm, <laughs> man. Um. Oh, there was six days of deliberation for the jury. Oh, um, right. They ended up being a hung jury. They could not. Mm agree um because i don't know if i would be able to come up with a solution here it doesn't sound like either side put forward a whole lot of yeah anything on either side it's a bad trial with a shaky suspect yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. so um there there was a rumor this is just a rumor because the jury said that they wouldn't speak to the press or anything but it the press ended up re- uh, reporting that the jury ended up voting seven not guilty to five guilty. Mm, so okay. it was very split. <laughs> right. Very. Um, so there was another trial, mm-hmm. obviously, um, that was held in so. 1988. So Six two more years, years after, after that first trial. <laughs> yes. Um, and this time it was held in Juneau, uh, okay. which is the capital of Alaska. Um this time, it's a big trial now. Yeah, um, but this time the trial only lasted for three months, mm, cool. uh, and this is because the defense didn't call any of their own witnesses. This time they just let the prosecution do their thing, and then they were yeah, like, "Hey, right, let's just get there. this done with." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, this time the jury only deliberated for four days, mm. and ended up handing down a not guilty verdict. Okay. Um, so. Peel did get to walk free from this. Mm-hmm. Um, so. <laughs> that's pretty. That's pretty impressive yeah. for the defense. Yeah. The, uh, I mean, not calling any yeah. of your own witnesses and right. still getting a not guilty. That's yeah. that's impressive. But, I mean, if they could put enough doubt in there for because again, the prosecution only had eyewitness testimony at this point. Right. It's six years you know, later. Six years later, and. They, if they can put enough doubt on that, then that gives you your reasonable doubt, right? Because mm-hmm. yeah, that's how, exactly. how the trial is decided. So I, I'm i not surprised that it was a not guilty, especially because yeah. there's no. so little evidence on the prosecution side. Mm-hmm. Um, so in 1990, Peel sued the state of Alaska for $175 million mm-hmm. for wrongful prosecution. Mm-hmm. Um, and... He ended up basing his this lawsuit on a 1984 memo from one of the lead investigators that said that there was no direct evidence tying Peel to the crime. <laughs> so, real good job there. <laughs> I think uh, I think that's God. what they call in the industry a smoking gun. Yeah, God. 
No. Um, That's good. So in 1997, so the he sued in 1990, but in 1997 a settlement was reached mm-hmm. um, with a rumored amount. Mm. Uh, this was not confirmed. It's a rumored right. amount of nine hundred thousand dollars. So he sued for one hundred seventy-five million and got nine hundred thousand. <laughs> After seven years, he was. I mean, at that point, I'd probably take it too. Yeah, I mean, shit, nine hundred thousand's a stupid amount of money. Yeah, but I, I wonder. Again, this is just a rumor, though. So I don't know if that's what he got. Like after. He had to pay his lawyers and stuff right, like that yeah. as well. Or if after paying the lawyers, like, oh, you have yeah, $2. Was that, <laughs> that gross or net? Yeah. 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 Don't know. So there are a few more rumors mm-hmm. here that I'm just going to go through that I found that, again, these are rumors. Right. I cannot confirm them. Don't take this as word of God, right? Yeah. No. <laughs> so um, while... So when everyone saw that the investor was on fire in Craig Mm -hmm. and they were watching it, uh, some people claim to have heard Peel say, Mark probably wigged out and shot everybody. Um, So this was before the bodies were found and no one knew that they had been shot. So people were like, that's a little odd. Again, a a rumor. A little weird, yeah. (laughs) Um, So apparently, again, allegedly, rumor, um... Some people in the Northwest Commercial Fishing Group believed that Mark had it coming, that he had upset a lot of people. He was hot-headed and cocky, so he could have upset someone else. Again, just as likely as Peel, I suppose, um, in one of those things where they get so upset that they just come in and murder everyone. (laughs) Um, So, don't know how likely that is. Um, Apparently... Peel had failed a polygraph test, but we now know those are super unreliable anyway. Right, yeah, so that doesn't mean a I thing. I don't put a whole lot of, <laughs> yeah, I don't put a whole lot of faith in here, but I'll throw it out there anyway. Right. Um, doesn't mean anything. I mean, so, how, how old is Peel? Um, I don't know. I don't think I ever saw it mentioned anywhere. I might have seen how old he was on the trial, and you could do the math from there. Oh, sure, yeah. Um, if you give me just a moment, I can pull that up. Okay. Because it says, Mr. Peel, a 27-year-old bolt builder from Bellingham, Washington, was accused of killing the investor skipper Mark Colehurst. So yes, it sounds like this was... He was 27 in the second trial. He was 27 in the second trial. So he would have been 21 at the time of the murders. There you go. So he was around the age of the uh, other deckhands and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So you have a 21-year-old kid. Mm-hmm. And we don't know when he was tested, but early 20s. When the polygraph happened now. Yeah. It would have been probably after they arrested him, which was... Let me find that again real quick. Uh, they arrested him in 84. So two years after So 23. Thereabouts. Yeah, so that's about my age. And if I was being mm-hmm. accused of octuple murder, <laughs> I'd be pretty shaky yeah. too. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's why nowadays people, well, most people don't believe in polygraphs. Some people swear by them for some reason still, but yeah, no, I know I'd, I'd set off every polygraph polygraph in existence because I have so much anxiety. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty, pretty meaningless. <laughs> yeah, because that's the thing, too, where it's, it's funny because it's like as soon as I'm aware of something tracking my heartbeat, I had this happen mm. when I had um, dental surgery. 
right. where they, they hook me up, they put stickies on my chest to track my heartbeat because they were knocking me out. Mm-hmm. And so they needed to make sure nothing was happening. Right. It's like, as soon as I was aware that it was tracking my heartbeat, because I could hear the beeping, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I started setting off the alarm because my heartbeat would get so high. <laughs> so... So I'm one of those people that it's like, as soon as I realize that something is tracking my heartbeat, my heartbeat goes through the roof. Mm-hmm. So my, any sort of polygraph that I had would be meaningless. Yeah. Yeah. So, so. polygraphs are completely useless. So yeah. useless wastes of space. So what are some, I don't know why people do them. What are some other rumors? I have one more rumor, um, okay. that two crewmen who worked with Peel the year after the murders Claim that Peel admitted admitted to them that he had been the one to murder everyone. <laughs> you know. However. <laughs> you hear that a lot. <laughs> yeah. And I. <laughs> it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. No. Because <laughs> no. imagine. Um, you're on a boat. Mm-hmm. With a guy. Mm-hmm. A few guys. Mm-hmm. And sure. Just some bros hanging out. Yeah, you're sitting on the deck sharing stories, because, like, I mean, you know fishermen got stories. And then one of them drops, oh, I killed eight people on a boat. Yeah, last year. (laughs) Last year. (laughs) (laughs) Like, record scratch. Yeah. (laughs) On a boat with this guy. (laughs) Yeah, right. It's like, "Mm, I think you should leave. Um, But if, if they were under any sort of influence of something, get a little chatty. Um, sure, you might but say. I know of a lot of drugs. Like, I know the, the effects that drugs have on the brain, because I think that stuff's really interesting. Mm-hmm. And, and typically what drugs will do is, and, and weed and acid both have this effect, where it will uh, exaggerate, uh, like, like, it'll amplify whatever you're feeling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so... If you're feeling happy, then you'll feel really happy. But if you're feeling, like, anxious, then you'll feel really anxious. Like, like panic attack levels of anxious. And that's where, like, ego mm. death from, from bad trips come from. Uh, oh, God. Uh, and so I can't imagine <laughs> any substance yeah. where he would s- feel comfortable saying that he killed eight people. <laughs> right. Like, well, maybe it was just he got real drunk and he blacked out and he doesn't know what he's saying. Sure. But I don't know. It, <laughs> I it, don't know like, either. Like, um, already, I feel like just casual admissions of guilt are sketchy at best. And right. so... <laughs> Having him be under the influence of true, it just, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't think there's a whole lot of people that believe that this was a legit thing that happened. But I figured I'd put mm-hmm. it out there since I was listing all sorts of silly rumors. Right. Um, but I will end this on something that I appreciate. Mm-hmm. Um, like is maybe not the right word for for this um right but respect respect Mm. is probably the best word here so every year um in blaine washington uh they have blaine's blessing of the fleet ceremony and so the names of all the investor victims are read aloud with 
everyone else from Blaine who had been lost at sea since the early 1900s. Hmm. Yeah, that's cool. Um, and as the names are spoken, bells rung, and people step forward to add flowers to a wreath that is cast into the bay after at the end. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so for the Colthers, uh, Lori Hart, which is Mark's sister, adds five flowers, one for each of the Colthers, and then hmm. one for Mike Stewart. Yeah. So everyone in the family there. Um, so I think that's that's very nice. Um, yeah, and and from what I've heard, uh, a, a lot of places uh, around like water, big water, yes. like uh, I think Lake Erie. Like I know a lot of uh, towns uh, off yeah. of that have a lot of similar things mm-hmm. where they just have a very. Uh, open respect for the the dead and the vanished yeah like uh with shipwreck diving there's mm-hmm. i think it's like eerie i could be wrong but okay there's uh, a lot of lakes up there so i, I understand right. yeah it, it's one of the great lakes that's just huge mm-hmm. it, it's where a lot of shipwrecks happen and uh mm-hmm. it's where the edmund fitzgerald sunk uh okay. it, it's it's either like like Erie or Lake Superior, I, I can't recall. But a lot of people, a lot of residents, don't want um, people, uh, divers, diving and exploring around uh, around near the shipwrecks. Mm-hmm. Because for yeah. them, it's seen as desecration. Uh, because right. a lot of times, yeah. uh, the bodies are still there. Mm-hmm. Or they're never recovered. So... Right. Yeah, because assuming on um, where the ships ended up, you know, going down, it might be difficult to get to them. Right, yeah. Um, uh, that's even. the thing, is because uh, the, uh, the Great Lakes are pretty far north, so that's freezing water. Mm-hmm. And tho- yeah. those lakes get deep. <laughs> yeah. Plus, it could just be a, a thing of respect. Where it's right, yes. Or it's oh, leave them there. You right. know, it's what they would have wanted. Uh, you know, burial at sea is very common. <laughs> so, you know, maybe they just see it as as pointless to pull them out and then inter them right back in. You know. Yeah, or you know, it, if you can even get the bodies out. I know right. being in the water for a certain amount of time just. It gets you, you, you're waterlogged, you're just not in a good shape. So it, it yeah. might be even impossible I mean, to, to pull them yeah. out, yeah, at, after a certain point. Plus, shipwrecks are dangerous. Right? <laughs> like, yes. really dangerous. And <laughs> yeah. so, why would you risk someone else's life for someone who right. maybe didn't want to be taken out in the first place? Right, yeah. But... It's... Yeah, it's one of those things that I could, I could see maybe an argument for it if like the family really wants the body back for some reason. Right. Yeah. Um, but if there is some sort of risk to it, um, mm-hmm. like there's that diver, um, yeah, who went down into that really that. dangerous cave yeah. and ended up dying trying to retrieve a body. Mm-hmm. So, there are if a few it's something like, like that, that, yeah. Yes. Um, 
something like that, I definitely wouldn't want to ri- someone else to risk their life for the life, right? Um, yeah, or for the body exactly. of my deceased uh, person. So, yeah, and also yeah. the the Edmund Fitzgerald at the very least is mm-hmm. a legend, and yeah. so most of the families are content with preserving that legend and right not yeah having them be disturbed mm-hmm. yeah and so yeah it, it it's very sweet that they do that every year for them yes i like i said i have great respect for any place that that holds that sort of respect for those mm-hmm. who never were able to make it back yeah absolutely um i think that's just a beautiful ceremony yeah i suppose you could say and I, for anything for for shipwrecks for mm-hmm. um for people for soldiers who go to war and aren't able to return yeah uh anything like that yeah good good to remember you're dead right so that's all i have uh, so there were no <laughs> other suspects in the case just peel no so Yes, the the police believe they found the guy. They're not actively, they never really actively mm. looked for anyone else. Yeah, I mean, um, they just believe they had him and got away. Yeah. Um, there it's... is a little bit of friction in uh, the investigators where there's mm-hmm. at least one guy who believes that it, it was related to drugs right. in some form or fashion. Um, and another investigator was like, that's bull honky. <laughs> there were, there's no evidence of drugs. This is... You know, he did this for revenge, that sort of mm-hmm. thing. But they do believe that it was Peel, so no one right. else was ever looked at as a suspect. Yeah, and that happens a lot, where they, they think they get their guy, yeah. and then they get acquitted, even if it is or isn't their guy. And then right. they just drop the case. Like, mm-hmm. it happens a lot. Yeah. Like, the, the yes. West Memphis 3 is a big case. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Yep. But I think... If Peel did it, which mm-hmm. I think it's a coin flip if he did or not. Right. Yeah. There's no evidence either like, way. I could, I could very much see him doing it, but I could also mm-hmm. see him not doing it. Uh, Correct. Like he could have been at the wrong place at the wrong time or he could have yep. been at the right place at the right time. Yeah. You know? I mean, he was he was a, working on a, a fishing boat as well at that time. So he was also in the area. Right. It's, there was a lot of fishermen there. Oh, yeah. It, wouldn't be odd for him to be there. Yeah. So. Right. And and it was confirmed that he was there, right? Yes. He was there working on another ship. Right. He was which... in Craig at the time. So. Yes. Yeah. And we knew he, he knew the victims. So that's. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it was over drugs. I think if he right. did it, which I'm not willing to lean one way or the other, but I'm mm-hmm. more convinced that he did. Mm-hmm. I would say he, it would have been for revenge or for money. Yeah. Or for both. Yeah, I could see, yeah, I could see something where he felt like he was owed money mm-hmm. and yeah. due to being fired and everything, um, like he felt like he wasn't paid for, paid his dues or whatever. And he sees that mm-hmm. Mark is being successful and it all comes to a head at once and everything like that. Yeah. A very Um, just August heat moment of just. 
of, of, of getting pushed over the edge. And maybe it, yeah. he was under the influence, and that's what pushed him over. Right. Which yeah. is very possible because if he if it, was selling drugs. Yeah. If, if it's true that he was the one that was selling drugs, then potentially. Yes, yeah. potentially. Because... And I'm not saying drugs is what caused it, but mm-hmm. he could have been stewing over it. And whenever he mm-hmm. went and talked to... Uh, what was it, Moon and the the other guy, uh, when he was selling them drugs or, or talking about selling right. them drugs. You know, maybe mm-hmm. they told him, hey, we just got back from a trip with where we got 90,000 pounds of fish. Yeah. And we're going to be getting this much. And yeah. maybe that pushed him close to where he's like, mm-hmm. fuck this guy. You know, this guy yeah. screwed me over. And now he's getting paid mm-hmm. for it. And then yeah. he he goes home, he's stewing on it, and he he lights up something. It'd have to be something hard, but like I don't mm-hmm. think if he smoked weed that would push him to do it. <laughs> but but that was the the push that he needed. The the last nail in the coffin for, for these eight people. Mm-hmm. And it right. it pushed him to act. Be, right. Because he wasn't thinking yeah. straight. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, and given that we don't know what drugs he was allegedly using or, or selling, it's, it's right. speculation on that end. Mm-hmm. And right. maybe he was just disturbed, maybe he was in a bad mental state, maybe because of drugs. Right. And and hearing that only pushed him further. That's, that's, mm-hmm. it's... You know, I think there's a lot of evidence that it could be him, but it's all speculation. So, but it, yeah, because there's all, any sort of evidence was burned and then trampled over and then right. erased by high tide. Yeah, um, yeah. So, it's it's hard to say either way because there is that lack of evidence. You know. Yeah, I mean, there's no physical evidence tying him to the case. And a lot of the other evidence is mostly hearsay. Yes. Like, did he do drugs? Was he selling drugs to, to mm-hmm. these guys? Did he know these guys? How well yeah. did he know them? You know, yep. what drove him to go there that night? Uh, did he hear about it right. from the two dudes, the the two crewmates? Like, mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of a lot of a lot of weak threads, you know. Right. But I think enough threads to investigate more if there were more evidence. Yeah, that's the problem is that this, I feel like this shouldn't have gone to trial, at least at that stage. Right, because, yeah. Because when you try who is likely your best suspect um, mm. and you get that not guilty, you can never bring them to trial yeah, again. It hurts your case a lot. Yeah. Um, well, you can't bring you know, them to trial if, again if without had... new evidence. Right. Uh, or um, unless you can prove it was a poor trial uh, and get a retrial, mm-hmm. which is what they did. Uh, yeah. And even that didn't um, go their way. But No. Um, I mean, yeah, with the hung jury, you pretty much have to have another trial. Um, mm-hmm. But if they did something like with, with the Golden State Killer, where... Right. They waited, they kept checking every once in a while to see, do we have something now that can can verify someone? But with Golden um, State, they, they also ke- had DNA. They, that they, they could, did have DNA. 
they yeah. had yeah they had a reason to wait but with this it's right. eyewitnesses it, it is and true. nothing else right and, and waiting but for eyewitnesses is more to, of a hindrance like, yeah um but you never know you know if they were able to collect parts of the boat if they had brought the skiff in for impound um right. stuff like yeah. that where someone could test later um, mm-hmm. when the technology was better, that might be able to Yeah, I, specifically... I think the, the skiff was their best bet of getting something, and they didn't do mm-hmm. it. Uh, and they didn't do it, yeah. Which, I've heard that, that fingerprints and DNA last a lot longer than people think they do, so they may not have been mm-hmm. washed away, but if it was storming bad yeah. enough to where the people partying 50 feet away from them couldn't hear them getting shot... Then, well, that was, I mean, the skiff was still used several days after all that as well. That's true. Because um, they went, they had to go to Craig for the gas and go back to the investor and then go back to Craig. Right. So that was after the storm had passed. That was mm. after the fog. So yeah, there was probably uh, fingerprints on there. Yeah, there probably was. <laughs> it, uh, yeah, they, they yeah. should have tested the so, skiff. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things that it's like, if they had done this, if they had done that, you know, right. with hindsight, you can see where mistakes were made mm-hmm. um, in the moment. Maybe not so much, but. And it's. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what happened to the skiff? Because it seems like I, it disappeared after I don't the cop know. left it. Yeah, that's that. That's the last time it's mentioned. I never saw any sort of mention of it afterwards. I don't know if someone else was just like, "Oh, hey, free skiff, taking that." Right? Or did, did someone what take happened? it? Did did the killer take it after he figured out his mistake? Because I don't know. I never saw mention anywhere what happened yeah, to the skiff cause, after. Because if they find out it's a murder scene, they're like, "Oh, the skiff's right over there." <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like, they could just go get it now, but yeah. it seems strange that they wouldn't <laughs> right? get it if unless it was gone whenever they went to well, find it. Cause, right, because it's one of those things that, like, the the officer said allegedly at the time, he didn't think it was an important thing, and so it right. was just left there. I'm sure someone else towed it off, because it was at cold storage, it was probably in someone's way. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Someone else probably towed it off to God knows where. Yeah. And then maybe it ended up in some sort of salvage yard or something, or it got auctioned off to someone else. Yeah, um, and I don't know. Like, do skiffs typically I have could, the name of the, the ship they're attached to on there? I'm not sure. Like, um, would it say investor? <laughs> yeah, I didn't see anywhere where it mentioned that. Mm-hmm. It had the investor name on it, but people said that, or apparently some people knew that it belonged to the investor. Um, Which implies that it had its name on it. Had, or had something that people were familiar with and being like, oh yeah, that belongs to the investor. Right. So, it's just such a small window where the cop sees it, the the skiff, Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. To the point where they're like, oh, the skiff's important. That's like two days, mm-hmm. right? Right. Yeah. Where they're able to confirm like, oh, this is a murder case. Yeah. And, oh, the suspect was seen on this skiff. Let's go grab that. Right. And then because it's gone. the bodies. Yeah. The bodies were pulled out. 
I believe the f- the first day of the fire because they got it right. down enough where they could board the ship yeah. and get it. So at that point, you know, and the police officer knew right off the bat. It's like this is arson. Right. So seeing the skiff somewhere else should have been like, we're gonna take that real quick, and whoever tries to get on that boat, bring them too. Yeah. Like yeah. none of that happened. Like I think the smart thing to do would have been to impound it and look for DNA. Mm-hmm. Or to, mm-hmm. to to stake it out and watch it to see if someone comes back mm-hmm. for it. Yeah. And then jump right. on them when they go and get near it and question them. And if it's John right. Deal, then, <laughs> hey. <laughs> right, uh, yeah. Like, this it's... gift's the smoking gun, and they, they just threw it in the trash. Yeah, there's so much of this investigation was just And a lot of it was done well, well, which is... It's sad. Yeah. Because. Right. It's yeah. like they had a couple competent police officers and then several not. And. Yeah. It's, it's just frustrating. It's very frustrating. Because like. Yeah. Uh, what was his name? Anderson? Mm-hmm. Like that guy seemed yep. like he was on top of things. You know. Right. Like, but he seemed to be focused on the investor itself. He wasn't focused right. on the investigation in Craig. Yeah. So. Well, it seems like you have half the crime scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, like it's like you don't have the other half, and that other right. half is the important part. <laughs> and not yeah. to say that the investor isn't important, but there's no evidence there. Right at that point, it was destroyed in one was way gutted. or another. Yeah, which again, the incompetence of oh, just not guarding the investor when it was towed in yeah. and just allowing whoever to wander on there yeah, and be like, yeah. huh, wow. And, and, <laughs> and would that have made a difference? Who knows? Right. Who knows? Maybe the fire had already destroyed any evidence. Right. But, but at this point, <laughs> who knows? Right. Cause there could right. have been evidence that was stampeded over. Yeah. So it could have yeah. made a difference. It could have not. We don't know. Mm-hmm. It's just so frustrating. It's very so, frustrating. This is technically unsolved with a suspect that is is the most likely, I suppose you could right. say. Well, the only uh, suspect. Well, the only suspect who's very likely. But it it's very likely it was him. Um I won't and, say it was and him. I think, but I think the only way that this could potentially get solved would be a, a deathbed confession. Like right. That's, that's yeah. the only thing. Like, because there's, there's not enough to point mm-hmm. the finger at him, you know? Right, yeah. Yeah. Well, Which there wasn't he... enough for the trial either, but they still did that. Yeah, I mean, if he confessed to the, the guys on the other boat, then hey, he, he could be open to the idea. Right, <laughs> but... yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't uh, know. Sometimes I wonder about that sort of stuff too, right? Because it's like, you wouldn't go up to someone and just joke around and be like, haha, I killed those eight people. <laughs> right. Um, so if that really did happen, I'd be like, is this guy like really serious? Cause I don't think people joke around no, about that. They don't. They definitely don't. <laughs> they don't. Yeah. It's yeah. So. And again, I don't, I'm suspect at best that that actually happened, but it, it actually happened. Doesn't. Yeah. It wasn't some sailors just saying things. Yeah. Right. Yeah, just hearing about it and looking for some, some like somebody to get their name in, exactly or whatever. Yeah, and and also, 
if Peel did do it, then they could potentially mm-hmm. get some kind of reward. I don't know if there was a reward, but... Uh, I don't know either. I never yeah. saw mention of one. Right. And and maybe they were thinking that, and so they, they, they made up a story because they're like, oh, we know that guy, so mm-hmm. let's get some money or fame. Yeah. Well... So, that's it. That's Nothing it. Else. That's all I got. Yeah, we've, we've been going for a while, so... We have. This one has yeah. been a long. lot of speculation on our part. Yeah, and that's that's the thing about unsolved cases, is there's a lot to talk about with them. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, that will wrap up Alaska, number two. And next up is yep. Arizona, right? Yes, next is Arizona. And, and from what you told me, that one's not exactly a short one either. No, that uh, that guy's pretty pretty wild. Yeah, and, and this that, Arizona... That one's another solved one. Yeah, Arizona's Spoilers. solved. <laughs> you told me that, so... Yes. Yeah, so if you want to hear the story about this wild and crazy dude, uh, I, I haven't heard this case. I'm excited to hear it. Tune in next week for Retro Criminals. See you next week, hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> We'll see you then. <laughs>